God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Amen. And I'm so thankful that in the time of trouble, we can call on the name of the Lord, and he is our help. Amen? Hallelujah. How many of you have found him to be a help? Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus.
stand to our feet let us give God all the praise if all of your help comes from the Lord let's give him praise come on somebody praise him hallelujah Jesus father we thank you God for your Holy Spirit we thank you God that all of our help comes from you Lord it's not in my degree. It's not in my own strength. But God, all of my help comes from you. Because there are many people that have degrees that don't have help. There are many people that have money, but they don't have help. I'm glad that all of my help Wherever I'm experiencing deficit in my life, the psalmist says, all of my help comes from the Lord. You know, it's 
It's easy to say. When we are not going through anything. But the truth of the matter is, all of our help does come from the Lord. Because if God doesn't open the door for you, it doesn't matter how hard you try, that door will not be open. And sometimes God closes the door so he can get you. Because sometimes we, we run away from our calling. Come on, somebody. And sometimes God has to back us up and take your space away so that everywhere you turn, it seems as though you're backed up against the wall. And God says, call on me. You've tried everybody else, but call on me. You know, I've learned to call on God in my troubled times. And I found out that he is a prayer answering God. I got a few people that believe it. He may not come when I want him to come. But he's an on-time God. I've learned that in difficult moments. That's when God brings out the best of us. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. To my beautiful daughter who celebrated her birthday yesterday. Just want to let you know how much I love you and how much I adore you. And you mean the world to me. Besides my wife and your brother. Amen. You mean the world. I love you. Amen. Matthew, the 14th chapter, reading from verse 6 to 21, I want you to follow along as I'm reading from the New King James Translation. But when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias stands before them and please Herod. Therefore he promised with an oath to give her whatever he might she might ask. So she having been prompted by her mother said, Give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter. And the king was sorry nevertheless because of the oath and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. So he sent and had John beheaded in prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl. And she brought it to her mother. Then his disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard it, 
he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. And then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the loaves, the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that were remaining. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. I want us to focus on verse 13. After Jesus heard the news that John the Baptist died, was murdered by being beheaded, the Bible said he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. I want to speak to you from the subject this morning Serving while hurting. Serving while hurting. Heavenly Father, God, we know it's not by might, not by power, but it's by your divine spirit. Give me the strength today. For my flesh is weak, God, but the spirit is weak. Anoint my lips of clay. Anoint my mouth that I may speak as your servant. Anoint my ears and those who hear, God, that we may hear what thus saith the Lord. We ask, Lord God, that you speak. And let my speech be clear. Father, we, we thank you for this day. And we glorify your name. And everyone say in Jesus' name, and you may be seated. Serving while hurting. Grieving can be a long and painful process, or it can be short, depending on who you're grieving for. Oftentimes, the closer a person is to you, the more intense the grieving process is. Sometimes the process itself can shut you down 
taking every ounce of strength out of you. Sometimes the grief is so great that you find yourself crying to alleviate the pain within. At other times, there is a desire just to be left alone. I want to share with you that living with grief without Jesus is dangerous. Living with grief without God is dangerous. And the reason why it's dangerous is because grief can derail your life. It can destroy a home. And it can destroy a marriage. I've come across people who have experienced grief. And I've seen how grief can, can allow you to become stagnant and stuck because of the pain that you are experiencing. I remember Amen. When my first child, before Janiah came, and we went to the doctor, the doctor said there's no heartbeat, and we had to go through the whole process. Doctor said you got to push the day of delivery. The doctor said you got to push this baby out, even though we knew the baby was dead. I remember. During that ordeal in my life, that I started to ask God so many questions. I said, Why, Lord? I said, Lord, why us? We've been serving you, God. We've been committed. We, we were a young couple, Lord Father, and, and we've been serving you, but why? We had the, the house painted, the room decorated. We had all the gifts in place and everything ready to go. We were so excited until the day of delivery. I'm leaving my work. My mom tells me to come, amen, because, amen, Maziki, she's, 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 she's experienced contractions, and they're, they're heavy. I'm excited, and I'm, and I'm leaving work. I'm telling my boss, my, my, my daughter's coming, my, my child is coming, and I'm, I'm going to work. And I remember, amen, I remember leaving the, the, the city and going to the hospital. Amen. And going there with haze and parking a car, trying to park a car, trying to find a parking spot. Amen. I was willing to even double park because I was so excited because I wanted to be there. I didn't want to miss the moment. And I remember, amen, going and, and finally getting into the hospital and waiting for that, pressing the elevator and waiting for the elevator to come down to my floor because I was so anxious. I, I wanted to be there. I, I wanted to make sure that I catch the moment. I didn't want my wife to deliver. I'm not I'm not there. And I get to the room, and as soon as I get to the room, my mother hates amen. My mother meets me at the door and she said, Son, hold on. And I said, What, Mom? And she said, The doctor can't hear a heartbeat. I said, What? So yeah, the doctor says, son, there is no heartbeat. And 
the baby is dead. It's, it's not living. And I remember everything inside of me just dropped. I went from being so high, emotionally high, to, amen, to, oh, God, confused and bewildered and, 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 and frustrated. And, but even though I was disappointed, I, I knew that she still had work to do. Amen. Because the baby was still on the inside. I remember after the whole ordeal and she pushed and she brought forth the child and amen and we saw the baby, we held the baby in our arms and we could only dream of what she could become and, and we had to just let go and say, Lord, we just don't understand how. But nevertheless, we give you praise. I remember, amen, I was pastoring and I, I told my wife and I told the church that I couldn't preach right now. I, I had to take a sabbatical. I, I said, I'll be at church, but I just can't say anything because the pain is so great. Uh, coming to church and everybody's looking at us and everybody's wondering, uh, Lord God, how are they taking this? How, amen, are they going to come out of this? Because we are young, this was our first child and everybody's watching us. I can see as I'm sitting on the platform and amen and the, the praise and worship team is singing and everything. And, uh, but I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm there, but I'm not there because of the weight of the grief. Oh, God. Uh, amen. But while I was present, and even though, amen, I was going through, and even though I was hurting, uh, I was still coming to church. Uh, uh, God, I was still, amen, speaking to God. Now, don't get me wrong. I was disappointed, and I was kind of upset at God because I was saying, Lord, I've been serving you. I've been committed to you. Why us, Lord? Uh, but I still came to church. Uh, because I knew that in order for me to survive this storm, uh, I had to hear the word of God. Uh, because there is no way that you can handle grief uh, without hearing the word of God. There is no way that you can handle your storms of life uh, without hearing the word of God. It doesn't, it's not based upon your physical strength. It's based upon you knowing who he is. And sometimes we spend more time in the gym than we spend in the word. We spend more time trying to get ourselves in physical shape than we are in the word. But I want to tell you something today that in order for you to stand in this world, in order for you to survive in this life, you need the word of God. Yes, uh, amen. There is something that you got to practice. Uh, you got to practice what is called neology. Uh, you got to get down on your knees. Uh, amen. And, and you got to learn how to pray and stay there until things begin to shift, uh, until things begin to open up, uh, until you can breathe again, until you can exhale again, until you can say, Lord, I'm here again. Lord God, amen, it felt as though the space was closing in on us. It felt as though the enemy was gaining ground on us, but we kept on praying. We kept on coming to church. We kept on pushing. We kept on seeking his face, and while we were seeking, we were crying, and while we were coming, we were crying. In service, we were crying. At home, we were crying, and I remember, hallelujah, see, my wife could have gone into a mental depression she could have lost her mind in the process, but I had to be the man that encouraged her. Man, I had to be the God man that God, her spirit had to be in me to lift her up and to tell her, it's not your fault, baby. Amen. Nothing you did was wrong. Amen. And sometimes we try to replay the experience in our mind. 
Uh, amen. Trying to see what we could have done uh, to avert the situation. Uh, what we could have done to, amen, to, to cause this thing to not have happened. Uh, amen. And every time you think about it, uh, it's the more you get upset to you, uh, amen, about yourself. Uh, and man, it said, man, maybe I should have done this. But sometimes you cannot avert what's coming. God, uh, Lord God, it was just a lot. It was just, uh, amen, our time. It was just, uh, amen, what God had allowed for us to go through and to, to show us that, remember, uh, I give and I take away. Uh, amen, nothing you have belongs to you. Uh, and that's why you got to enjoy every moment that you have with your loved ones. Uh, that's why you got to make sure, amen, that whatever you have going on that is causing separation, division in the home, you got to fix it. You got to say it's not worth it. I, I don't care what they done. I don't care what they say. It's not worth living with anger. Amen. Knowing that, amen, at any day you can lose a loved one. Amen. Lord Father, I remember it was the word that built us up. It was the word that encouraged us. It was the word that got us going again. I remember, honey, it was people in the church, not in our church at that time, but people was wondering, man, they must have done something wrong. You see, some people don't understand the, the level of your anointing. See, some people don't understand that sometimes what you go through is because of the anointing that you're carrying. Oh God, uh, it's because of the anointing uh, that you're carrying uh, and sometimes they will look at you and they will criticize you and they will talk about you uh, because uh, of what you're going through. Amen. They will look at your setbacks. They will look at your calamity. They will look at your derailment. They will look at your, amen, amen, the state of depression. They will look at all that you're going through uh, and said, man, you must have done something wrong. Uh, they became like Job. Uh, amen. Job's, amen, acquaintances. Job's close friends. Amen. They knew Job, but uh, they said to Job, man, something, Job, you've done something wrong. Uh, amen. For you to be going through what you're going through. Uh, and I want to tell somebody here, sometime God will close a door, uh, amen, just to give you an understanding of who he is. Uh, even though the door is closed, he, he's still providing. Uh, even though the door is closed, he's still making a way. Uh, even though the bills are being piled up, uh, you're still here. Uh, amen. I want to encourage somebody today that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, uh, God uh, says, I'm still with you. Yes, uh, people may walk away, people may criticize you, people may put their mouth on you, uh, people may look at your life and question every, amen, amen, every decision you're making and every, uh, God, everything that's happening in your life, uh, but even though they're on the outside looking in, uh, they don't understand your whole story. Uh, they're seeing the, amen, they're seeing the losses, they're seeing the deficits, uh, they're seeing the storm, they're seeing the great cloud, uh, but they don't see the God who's with you while you're going through. Uh, they don't see amen that even though amen I've lost some stuff uh, I'm still standing uh, even though I've gone through some storms I'm still standing uh, even though amen I'm in pain even though I'm experiencing pain I'm still here Oh, it was God, it was God. Uh, and so, God, when I look at the story, uh, I see, amen, the Bible said that Jesus uh, had just gotten word uh, that the forerunner, his own cousin, uh, amen, was murdered uh, through the means of being beheaded. Uh, Lord God, I want you to, sh I want to share with you today that Jesus, uh, amen, was dealing with an emotion, an emotional uh, God state. He was going through an emotional state at that time, uh, amen, because, uh, amen, to lose a loved one, it's painful. 
And so here it is that he loses John. But I want you to understand that not only is Jesus dealing with grief, but he's also dealing with rejection. Because if you go back in the previous chapter, the Bible said here he is at Nazareth in his own country. And the Bible said he goes into the synagogue and he begins to teach. And while he's there, the scribes are there, huh? amen, and they hear his teaching. Huh? And the Bible said they were amazed, they were amused by his teaching. Huh? They were astonished astonished by his teaching, huh? Lord God, and they began to question him. They said, amen, who is this man? Huh? Where did he get this wisdom from? Huh? And all of these mighty works huh, that is coming through him, how did he get this? And they began, uh, amen, to, to, amen, to pick him apart. Uh, they said, is not uh, he the carpenter's son? Yes, uh, they began to tie who he was with his uh, uh, so-called biological father. Uh, see, they saw him as, amen, they saw Joseph as being his biological father. Uh, but that was really not his father. Uh, amen, he was the one that was there to guide Jesus. But his biological father was God Almighty. And so here he is, uh, he's in his own country, and uh, amen, they question him, they, they're, amen, they're picking him apart, they said, amen, is this not uh, the carpenter's son, uh, amen, is he, amen, not a tent maker, is he not a woodworker, because that was, uh, amen, the tradition, or that was, uh, amen, the means in which a carpenter worked, he, he amen, amen, he was a woodworker. And the Bible said while he's there, while he's teaching, they can't get past the fact of who he is. And they said, is not his mother called Mary? And his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. He said, amen, we know who they are and his sisters. We, we know everybody who's associated with him. They see the miracles that he's performing, but they wouldn't accept them because of who his family is. And sometimes people look at your family and they discredit you because of who your father is. Uh, they discredit you because who your mother is. Uh, but notice that he is now dealing with rejection because not only are the people there, amen, the scribes and the Pharisees, not only are they rejecting his ministry, but his brothers even challenge who he is. And sometimes people in your own home would challenge your anointing. They would seed on you, but they would challenge you. Amen. They know that something is different about you, but they won't recognize you. Here he is. He's in Nazareth. And while he is dealing with rejection, he gets news that John has been murdered. And so now you're experiencing, uh, and uh, Lord Father, emotional collision. Uh, you have rejection on one hand, uh, and you're dealing with grief on another. Uh, it's one thing to deal with grief by itself, uh, but now having to deal with both rejection and grief, uh, amen, can be a troubling experience. Oh, God, uh, amen, I don't know about you, uh, amen, uh, I don't never want to have to deal with both of them at the same time, uh, Lord God, uh, I would like for you to divide it in increments, Lord, uh, but not having to go through all that at the same time because uh, it can derail your life. And here it is, Jesus gets the news. He's just now experiencing rejection in Nazareth. And now someone comes with the news and tell him, Lord God, that John, your cousin, oh God, is 
dead. And the Bible said he gets in a boat and he begins to depart to a deserted place. Have you ever desired to go to a deserted place? Have you ever desired to be left alone when you have gone through your greatest storm? People call you, but your phone is on mute. Amen. You block calls because you don't want to have to deal with nobody. I don't want to hear that, sister. I don't want to hear that, brother. I don't want to hear nothing even about God. I just want to be all by myself. Oh, God, you can get there, my brothers and sisters. You don't want to take any call from anybody, from anyone, not even pastor. Somebody said yes. It's the truth. Amen. Because you're going through. Amen. God, Jesus, because you're in a grieving process, because you're going through, the pain is great. Amen. And sometimes you just want to be left alone. Oh, God. Oh, God. You can be married and still want to be left alone. You can have kids and want to be left alone because of the pain that you are going through. Here is Jesus, the, the, the God, the, the God-man. Here is Jesus, amen, the creator. Here he is in the flesh and he is dealing with grief and rejection and he desires to go to a deserted place. Uh, he gets to a boat. He, he doesn't tell his disciples where he's going. Uh, he doesn't tell nobody. But he gets into a boat and tries to escape uh, and tries to get to a place where he can talk to his heavenly father uh, and pour out all of his issues and all of his pain and all of his grief uh, before his heavenly father uh, because he's dealing with it. Amen. But while he gets in a boat, amen, the Bible said people see him getting into a boat and they begin to follow him on foot. Uh, Lord God, he's rowing and he's, he's in the boat by himself rowing to try to just get away. And the people who needs help, they are seeing him and they're pursuing him. And so the Bible said he gets to his place, and the Bible said people are following him, following him on foot. Sick people are coming, huh? Oh God, lame people are coming, huh? Hurting people are coming, huh? He's hurting, huh? And he has to deal with hurting people. Lord Jesus, uh, Lord God, you got to have God on the inside, huh? Because trust me here, if you try to serve, uh, amen, while you're hurting, you can end up bleeding on people. Lord, Father, can I talk to you in here? But, oh God, but Jesus was a totally different man. Lord, Father, the Bible lets us know that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You don't know how you're going to do it. You don't know how you can keep on ministering. You don't know how you can keep on serving while you're hurting. But Jesus got off the boat and the Bible said he had compassion. He had compassion on the multitude, huh? and even though he was hurting, huh, he didn't allow his, uh, oh God, his grief to keep him back. Huh? He didn't allow his pain to stop him from serving God. Huh? He didn't allow his pain, uh, amen, to, amen, stop him from his calling. Huh? Sometimes we will allow our pain to stop us from doing what God has called us to do. But Jesus is ministering. He's there and he's touching the sick. They're coming to him and he, he's not showing any signs that he's hurting, but he's hurting. He's not showing any signs that he's experiencing pain, but he is. 
uh, but he still does uh, what he is called to do. Uh, and I want to tell you today uh, on this Sunday morning, uh, don't let your grief uh, keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Uh, don't let your rejection keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He is there, and the Bible said there is thousands of people there. They said 5,000 people came. They were all at different places, and they heard that Jesus was there. And here is Jesus while he was hurting. Lord God, he does, he's not bleeding on people because he's dealing from compassion. Lord God, uh, Lord Father, uh, he understands that, uh, Lord God, the calling uh, is greater than the pain. Uh, Lord God, you got to understand, people of God, uh, that your calling uh, is greater than your pain. Uh, that no matter what you're dealing with, uh, no matter what you're going through, uh, your calling is greater than your pain. Uh, the mandate that God has on your life uh, is greater than your storms. Uh, the mandate that God has on your life uh, is greater than your struggle. That no matter what you're dealing with, God expects you to function. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to function. Come on, come on, look at somebody and say, neighbor, you got to function. Yes, uh, you've been uh, on the sideline, you've been hurting, you've been stagnant, you've been stuck. Uh, amen, you've been where you are for a long time. Uh, you've lost a loved one, uh, Lord God, and you've been mourning that loved one for years. Uh, can I tell you that people can mourn loved ones, uh, amen, for years, uh, for 10 years, for 20 years, uh, because the pain is so great. Oh God, uh, I'm not going to tell you to put an, uh, amen, I'm not going to tell you to put an uh, expiration date or when you should stop because everybody mourns differently. Now, I'm not telling you to stop mourning, but I'm telling you to keep on going. Uh, I'm telling you to keep on moving forward uh, because your destiny lies ahead of you. Uh, there are other people who need you. Uh, there are other people, uh, amen, who need your, your guidance, your words of instructions. Uh, and sometimes we allow ourselves, uh, amen, to be on the sideline. We allow ourselves uh, to stop working we allow ourselves uh, to become depressed because of what we're going through but I want to encourage you today to keep on moving Yes, uh, high five your neighbor and say, neighbor, uh, keep on moving. Uh, you can't change if you don't move. Uh, amen, you can't see progress if you don't move. Uh, amen, you can't get what you want if you don't move. Uh, you got to keep on moving. It hurts, but keep on moving. Uh, the enemy is trying to isolate you. He's trying to stop you, but you got to keep on moving. He, he wants to stick everything from you, but you got to keep on moving. Somebody shall move. Yes, uh, come on, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you've been there too long. Uh, I'm not telling you you should stop crying. Uh, I'm not telling you you should stop mourning. Uh, but I'm telling you now it's time uh, to get up from where you are. Uh, it's time to roll your sleeves up uh, and tell the devil the devil is a liar. Uh, I know that I'm experiencing something, God. Uh, I know I'm experiencing some grief, uh, but I refuse to stay where I am. Lord, uh, can I tell you, can I tell you something today? Uh, I've learned, I've come to an understanding uh, that, amen, uh, amen, not only do we grieve uh, the, those who have passed away, uh, but we can be grieving the living as well. Uh, we can have loved ones in our life uh, that are alive that we grieve for uh, because of what they are going through, uh, because of what they're experiencing, uh, and we spend time grieving them because uh, we want the best for them. Uh, we got sons and daughters who are on drugs uh, that we grieve for night and day. Uh, we got loved ones who are incarcerated. Mm. 
that we grieve for night and day. We got those who are going through illness in their bodies, Lord Father, that we grieve for every day, Lord Father, so we can grieve also for the living. But I want to let you know on this Sunday morning, don't you stop moving. I don't care what the enemy tries to do. I don't care how he tries to mess up your life. I don't care what he tries to tell you. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, don't stop moving. Yes, uh, I can grieve, but I can still move. Huh? I can cry, but I can still move. Huh? Someone needs my word. Huh? Someone needs my attention. Huh? Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I need God. Yes, uh, I can't stay where I am. Huh? The Bible said when his disciples came huh, to where he was, huh, Lord God, they came and they saw the multitude there. Huh? They said, Jesus, huh? now look at these people. They were late to the show. Uh, amen. They were late to the show. Huh? And when they got there, they said, Jesus, uh, send the multitude away. Huh? Because, amen, it's evening time huh? and it's getting late. Huh? Send them away. Huh? Lord, Father, that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Huh? Jesus said, no, huh? we'll feed them here. Lord Jesus, uh, that's the God we serve, uh, even though he's hurting, uh, oh God, he doesn't stop uh, to extend, amen, he doesn't stop uh, without extending his hands towards you, uh, he refused to leave you in the state that you're in, uh, he refused to leave you hungry and empty, uh, amen, if you were willing to journey this far, uh, if you was willing to weather the storm, uh, if you was willing to go through the desert, uh, God, deserted places to get to me, he refused to leave you empty. Lord God, uh, Lord God Jesus, the things that we've gone through, uh, it'd be a fool for me to turn back now. Uh, the things that we have gone through in life, uh, it'd be a, be a fool for me to leave here empty. Uh, if I've come this far, uh, I ain't gonna leave until he fills me. And the Bible said, he asked them, what do you have? They said, five loaves, two fish. He said, that's good enough. Because you don't need much when you have God. I'm going to say it again. You don't need much when you have God. He said, bring it to me. Which means, take it out of your hands. And put it in his hands. And leave it there. The problem is, is that we're trying to Take the five loaves and the two fish and reason how is this going to feed that? The problem is it's still in your hands. Take it from your hands. Put it in his hands. Let him bless it. And when he blesses it, he's going to break it. And when he breaks it, He's going to multiply. You don't need much when you have God. You know, we're so backwards. We want the much without God. And God said, if you just get me, you don't need the much. Just get some. And when you get something, 
I will create the much. But we're trying to get the much without God. We want to build things. We want to build our career. We want to build our life. We want to do all these things. But God is not there. But I've learned in all my life, whatever I have, I got to put it in. So no matter how gifted you are, take it out of your hands. No matter how much you know, get it out of your hands. The faster you get it out of your hands and put it in God's hands, everything is going to be okay. Man, that was for somebody right there. Let it go. The Bible said he was able to feed the people with five loaves and two fish in spite of the pain that he was experiencing. Notice what happened after this. The Bible said they all were filled. And Jesus turned to his disciples and says, get into the boat and go to the other side. And I'm going to send the multitude away. He sends the multitude away. And the Bible said he goes up into a mountain to pray. Because he's still grieving. He's still dealing with pain. So he's showing us that even though you're going to go through some hardship in life. You got to continue to move forward. You got to continue to minister. Don't let your crisis remove you from your calling. Whatever it is that you've gone through in your past, don't let it move you from your calling. And if you've been moved, it's time to come back. He goes into a mountain and prays. He pours out his heart to his heavenly father. The Bible said while he was in the mountain, his disciples were in the boat. And they were tossed in the middle of the sea. And you're wondering, Lord God, didn't God send them? God told them to go. And while they obeyed, they went. And now they were in the middle of the sea. And the Bible said the winds are contrary to them. Oh, God, uh, I want to talk about contrary winds uh, that you're dealing with even now in your life. Uh, you're trying to move forward, but now you're dealing with some contrary winds. Uh, I want to tell you today that uh, God knows where you are. Uh, and when you're dealing with contrary winds, here comes Jesus walking on your troubled waters. And so even though you're rowing, you're becoming tired because you're dealing with contrary winds. But God said, I'm coming. Don't, don't give up. Don't, don't retreat. Just keep on rowing. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, keep on rowing. Oh, God. Amen. Some of you need to do the rotation and do the motion. Just keep on rowing. I know you're tired, but keep on rowing. Amen. I know you're dealing with some contrary winds, but keep on rowing. I know the winds are blowing against you, but keep on rowing. Amen. The winds are becoming tumultuous, but keep on rowing. Your boat is beginning to rock, but keep on rowing. Because the more you row, amen, it doesn't give up. It doesn't allow the enemy, amen, to gain control of your boat. Uh, so you're pushing against the resistance. Uh, 
And in order for you to have a breakthrough, you got to push against the resistance. I'm going to say one more time, in order for you to get a breakthrough, you got to push against the resistance. In order for you to get your breakthrough, you got to push in order for you to get your breakthrough. Because if they had stopped rowing, they would have gone back to where they were. Uh, but God said, no, keep on rowing. Uh, if I told you to go, I'm coming. Uh, if I told you to go, I'll meet you there. Uh, if I told you to go, I'll make a way for you. Uh, I don't send you to a place where I don't provide for you. Keep on rowing. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. You got to keep on rowing. I don't care what you're dealing with, keep on rowing. You're tired, you got one hand, I don't care, row with one hand. You keep on rowing. The Bible said Jesus came walking on the water. Coming from the mountain. Coming from prayer, Jesus. Because anytime you come from prayer, you can handle the storms of life. He comes down from a high place to go to a low place. But because he's been high, he's able to walk on something that's impossible. See, you can't do the impossible until you first go high. Because you get your strength from when you go high. And going high means going low. On your knees. So he goes high and he comes down low to deal with what the disciples are dealing with. He comes walking on the troubled waters. Contrary winds is not keeping him back from coming to you. Uh, he's walking, the wind is blowing, but here comes Jesus. Uh, the wind is roaring, but here comes Jesus. Uh, they, they see him coming uh, and they think it's a ghost. Because they've never seen any manifestation like this before. And I want to tell you, God will put you in a crisis to give you a revelation of who he is. You will never know that he is until you've gone through a storm. You will never know that he is a provider until there is a need in your life. You will never know he's a healer until you're sick. I know that we don't want to go through anything. But I want to tell you, if you don't go through anything, you will never know what he is capable of. He gets there, and they're afraid. And Jesus said, be not afraid, it is I. Peter said, Lord, if that is you, bid me to come. The Lord said, it is I. Peter steps out of the water, out of the boat, and steps on the water. And he begins to do what Jesus is doing. Because God commanded him to come. And you could only do the impossible if you stand on God's word. You want the impossible done in your life? Stand on his word. He went on the word, come. And that's all you need. One word. Not a dissertation. 
had a book, one word from God can move you into the realm of the impossibilities. One word. Say, 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 neighbor, I just need one word. One word will change your life, just one word. And so I don't want to miss when God's speaking because all I need is just one word. One word can take my business to a whole new level. Just one word. One word can heal my body and turn me around. Just one word. One word can raise the dead. Just, just one word. The Bible said in closing that he walked on water. And when he saw the winds becoming more violent, he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. And he said, Lord, save me. And the Lord stretched forth his hands and saved him. It's amazing how we can start with great faith. But when, as soon as we see a storm, we allow the storm to eradicate the faith that we have started on. Do not let your struggles eradicate your faith. Do not let rejection eradicate your faith. Do not let grief eradicate your faith. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you were called to serve, amen, while you're hurting. Let us all stand. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and give God praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to open this altar for anybody here.